All right. So, like, hopefully Leo, what he'll do, he'll end up doing is, like, you ever listen to radio and they'll be like, this is Hot 97 where hip-hop lives. And then they add, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully Leo will come up with something. But by the way, we're recording, Sam, as we speak. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You are now listening to Lucha Outsiders Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsiders Show. Lucha Congratulations. You played yourself. This is the heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. And once again, we are not in studio and we're recording in a car, but I am with my partner in crime, the king of hamburger meat, the voice of the WWE Mark organization from Suplex City, bitch. What's good? Yo, Come on, yo, yo. man. You should have done your, your stick. I, I'm going. I'm going there. Let me speak on this. There you go. There <laughs> you go. There doing? you go. There you go. What's going on? So this is the Lucha Outsider Show, episode 121, because last week I did do episode 120. Okay. Shout out to the homie Kev. What up, Kev? Um, Man, so we're doing this in the car because we're on our way to Shine and Involve in Queens, New York. Queens. Um... And we're like, fuck it, let's record a little something, something, something. Because a lot of things have happened this week. First of all, this past Sunday, an incredible AAA show at the Hulu Theater in Madison Square Garden. Also, pretty good, decent, solid, okay episodes for Raw and SmackDown. Um, Kenny Omega's caught in the wind of fire. You know, he's getting some criticism for some of the comments he's made. Uh, what else happened to uh, this week? NXT. NXT. NXT went live on USA Network. NXT went live on USA Network. Um, you know, uh, they they showed the AAA show on Access TV because Impact is behind it now. You know, since Anthem, which is the the parent company of Impact Wrestling, they bought out Access TV. So little by little, you're seeing the progression of uh, Impact Wrestling, like they've been doing the last for almost two years now. Right. Um, that's happened. What else has happened? Takashi, snitch. <laughs> He's snitching. He's snitching. That's Let me tell you something. Anybody that was rocking with that dude gets the biggest congratulations. The dude was a clown to begin with. And the sad part is a lot of New Yorkers, a lot of New Yorkers was rocking with this guy. Oh, he repping New York. Y'all get the biggest congratulations because y'all just as much as a clown like he is. All right? Um... And what else happened this week? That's it, right? That's about it. That's about it? Yeah. That's about it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they, they did a... Uh, I seen the poster for the new Harley Quinn movie. I didn't see it. It's a nice poster. They uh, It's a... Uh, I think it's called Birds of the Prey or something I, like that. What? I think I saw you post it on social media. Yeah, I shared it in my stories. Not on the Lucha page, but on my personal page. Yeah, personal page. Um, so, yeah. A couple things has happened this past week. Um, the reason we started like even talking about, like, hey, maybe we should record this is because uh, you actually... Asked me about the whole Kenny Omega criticism yeah, and some yeah. of the comments he's so been. So, uh, what do you, what do you think about it? How, how do you feel about what he said coming for the NXT roster rather than the brand? You know, he kind of made it a little personal when he was talking about, you know, made making those comments about, you know, um, you know, it, it's going to look more like a professional uh, show. Hey, you speaking about AEW when and you out see of developmental. 10, yeah, ten thousand people in the arenas and people actually smiling and things like that. Whereas NXT is still going to be recording in full sale and it's going to be looking more like a developmental. Even though we know now this is not a developmental thing anymore. This is definitely their third brand. You know, especially now that it's live on USA Network. So how do you feel about it, Mark? Well, you kind of you kind of prettied it up right now because he, he didn't establish that, but he said more to it. He said more obnoxious things, saying like, <laughs> uh, "You you try to as always, Sam, Mister Positivity tries to clean it up a little bit." But that's not all Kenny Omega said. Kenny Omega did say that I do have friends over there, and this ain't really a war. But let's be honest here: some of the talent that it's in NXT, there will be nothing but in a dark match while I'm in the main event, mm. which that, that that cuts kind of deep. That cuts kind of deep. Um, 
I have a couple of, of mixed feelings about uh, some of the comments that Kenny Omega said. Um, for starters, we got to keep the same energy. If we're going to criticize Seth Rollins for some of the comments he made in the past, we got to keep that same energy for Kenny Omega. We're not going to sugarcoat shit. All right? That's why I have mixed feelings about uh, the, the criticism. Um, uh, the, not, not the criticism uh, uh, that people that Kenny Omega is getting. It's just my views on Kenny Omega. Like, I got mixed feelings about it. It's like, damn, that sounds kind of obnoxious. But at the same time, it's like if you listen to the interview, he's kind of in character. Yeah, a little bit. He, he's in character a little bit. Right. So I feel based on the on the Pac loss at All Out and if you've been watching Being the Elite, he's kind of like off the hedges, if you will. I would not be surprised leading into full gear, which we are going. Um, had to throw that in there. Um, I, I feel like I would not be surprised leading into full gear if he kind of plays a heelish role towards John Moxley. Because when the announcement came out for John Moxley that he wasn't going to be doing the match with Kenny Omega at all out, Kenny Omega cut kind of a heelish promo towards John. Yeah, he did. So. I feel like part of the the, the the comments he made for NXT was kind of in character. That's one. Two, I mean, that some of the comments that Kenny Omega said, it, it is a little bit harsh. It's a little bit harsh, and it's especially because you have friends over there. We, we all know, you know, he has relations with some of the guys that are in NXT. So, you know, why would you make comments like that? At the same time, it's like maybe it's just a back and forth between the boys, you know, kind of just throwing shade at each other. But I want I want to point out something though. And this is not me trying to hate towards NXT cuz I love NXT. I want both shows to succeed for the Wednesday Night Wars, if you will. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, there's no sides here and like I said in the last episode, if you're one of these fucking marks, one of these fucking slap dicks that goes like, "Oh, Chris Jericho made it a war." Shut the fuck up cuz you're not even a talent. You're a fucking mark, you're a fan. Sit down, be a fucking fan. All right, enjoy either show or both shows. All right. Slap dick. <laughs> it's for real, man. We got all these fucking marks. Like, oh, he made it a war. Shut up. Shut up. But I will say this: my criticism right now for NXT, and I hope it changes in 2020, is I think it's a huge mistake to have it every single Wednesday at full sale. I could understand maybe for the rest of the year, but in 2020, there's nothing wrong for them to go back to full sale. Like maybe every other week or maybe twice a month or maybe once a month. That's fine. But if you want to make this a legit third brand, you need to have it in other venues. It doesn't have to be arenas, even though I think they could do well in arenas because NXT is a popular brand. But you need to have this show in other arenas. Because first of all, as a viewer, all right, and maybe not a lot of people feel this way, but I do and I've been very vocal about it. The full sale crowd, I hate them. They're fucking annoying, especially that 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 jerk off in the front row. I don't need to see them in my fucking TV every single fucking week. And one thing the Young Bucks said in a recent interview was, the full sale crowd eventually will get tired out, just like the Impact Wrestling crowd, the TNA crowd, when they used to do their tapings in Universal every week. See, this is what I think will happen. I I think that they're keeping it at full sale just for the moment and until the brand really starts pulling in bigger numbers, which they pulled a pretty good rating this week from what I understand it was like a 1.2, which Yeah, is they really drew good. over a million uh, million views. That's yeah, great. It is really good. So, I feel like once they feel confident enough where they could actually take it on the road and sell out arenas, then we'll start seeing NXT as a traveling brand down the line. But I totally agree with you. You gotta move it at a at a full sale uh, down the line. You know what I mean. Right now, I feel like it's in a good spot. But 2020, you definitely gotta move it somewhere. You know, you can do what AEW is doing. You don't have to do these big arenas like Madison Square Garden, Wells Fargo Center, or anything like that. You could do like the Leacourt Center. Or, you know, something smaller, a smaller venue. And you know, I think I think we're we're headed into 2020. And and 
it's going to be a great year for wrestling fans to be a wrestling fan. What you know? Oh my God! They need awesome. to they need to do smaller venues, like you said. Uh, the 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 what is it? The Leacore Center in Philly. They could do the Hammerstein Ballroom. I feel like they could sell that. They could sell that out. Ring of Honor's not doing it, so why can't they do it? If you remember, Monday Night Raw started like in the Manhattan Center. Exactly. They could do Manhattan Center or the Hammerstein Ballroom, right. or. Since they, they, they're uh, buttering up Madison Square Garden again, they could do the Hulu Theater. Fucking Triple go. H just did it. Yeah. They could do... I forget... Um, there's uh, another venue that, that Ring of Honor runs in uh, Massachusetts. I think it's uh, in Lowell, Massachusetts. It's kind of like a Hammerstein Ballroom-esque type venue. They could do that. They could do the 2300 Arena in fucking Philly. I would they, love that. They need, I would love that. They need to start... They don't have to go for full basketball arenas. They could do smaller venues. They have to do that because if you keep it in full sale, one, I don't want to see that piece of shit every fucking week in the front row. Who is this guy you're talking about? He's fucking tall fucking jerk off with glasses. He acts so fucking obnoxious. He's the prime example of my hatred towards wrestling fans. He's the definition of it. He's a definition of it. Fuck him. I don't give a shit. You You think I care if he listens to our podcast? Yeah, if any of does, hey, I'm talking about you. You are the definition of why I hate wrestling fans. You are the prime definition of it. No, because see, Sam, you try to butter things up. You try to be Mr. Positive all the fucking time. See, I don't care if people don't like me. I'm going to say the fucking truth because guess what? I say the truth, I back it up, and no one could touch me on the microphone, all right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's wrong, Sam? What's wrong? <laughs> this guy, I don't even know. I got, you gotta point him out to me the next time. Uh, I think he's in a couple of AEW shows too. Oh my God. I think he was for. I think he was there for Fighter Fest and also uh, Fight for the Fall, if I'm not mistaken. He might be a good guy. Though. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck him. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Bray Wyatt, cause man, I've been loving what they've been doing with Bray Wyatt. Um, we saw it, Clash of Champions. By the way, Clash of Champions was an atrocious pay-per-view. If you actually think that was a good pay-per-view, I give you a congratulations because it wasn't, all right? It was it was boring. Nothing excited happened. Was it, was it uh, like, oh, my God, like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life? No. But if you actually think it was a good, great pay-per-view, it wasn't. Fucking uh, what what was that pay per view that we were tri- we were shitting on before it happened and it ended up turning good? What was it uh, uh, earlier this year? It was right after WrestleMania, I think, and it, they didn't sell it out. It was somewhere in in in, in oh, it was up in, in the, the West Coast. It was in the West Coast. What was it called? In Washington State. Was it Stopping Grounds? It was Stopping Grounds. Remember, we were shitting on that. We we're like, yo, this is gonna be an atrocious pay per view. Ended up being good. good yeah. It was pretty good, right? Yeah. Well, I can't say the same about Clash of Champions. Clash of Champions reminded me of. When you're watching like an uh, an episodic television series, and then there's that one episode where it's just like filler, you know, like if you're watching Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones or something like that, you're really looking forward to the the episode for next week, and then you watch it, and it's just like we need this episode to get to where we're getting to for the real stuff to go down. That's the way Clash of Champions felt. It felt very flat. So I think for me it was a little bit different because it's like all right. Saturday, I went to Bloodsport and AC. Great show. All right. Then Sunday happened. I went to AAA. I, le- I legit bought my ticket like two hours before the even show even started. All right. <laughs> Classic Mario fashion. Exactly, man. <laughs> and guess what? I didn't buy it at StubHub. I bought it at Ticketmaster. Hey, 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 hey. hey. Okay, okay. Like they gave me the full gear tickets. and th- maybe, th- maybe my relationship with Ticketmaster will change in 2020. Because it's starting to change now. All right. So I bought my ticket for AAA. Go to AAA. Great show. If you guys have missed AAA, uh, they've been showing it on, I think it's on demand on Access TV. And also, they're showing replays of it on Access TV. So definitely check it out. Great show. So I made it in time. I think I got home by like 1130. And I was like, let me watch Clash of Champions, right? I stayed away from social media, so I don't know what happened. Coming out of Clash of Champions, I was like, wow, I wish I could get my three hours back. Because I was like, what the fuck did I watch? I was on a high after two great shows, and then I ended up watching Clash of Champions. I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? I think the match of the night was Becky and Sasha, and that wasn't even a five-star match. I think it was maybe three at best. Yeah, I was going to say three, yeah. Yeah, like I said, man. The brawl after the match was better than the match. 
Yeah, and the whole the whole pay per view just felt fell flat to me. the The highlight of it for me uh, was at the end when when Bray Wyatt attacked Seth Rollins. You know what I mean? Kind of leaves you on that cliffhanger there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were getting ready to talk about Bray Wyatt. I think everything they've been doing is great so far, and I I feel like there's a lot of people out there that think it's too soon for the Fiend to be getting this Universal uh, title push or whatever. But we gotta remember, Bray Wyatt is not a new character. This is just uh, evolution. Yeah. New of incarnation, character. right? So it's not like this guy is debuting, you know, two months ago. We've had Bray Wyatt in our lives for a good, what, six or seven years now, right? He's been on the roster for a while. What was his, his first WrestleMania was against John Cena. That was WrestleMania 30, right? I, I think so. Yeah, because at 31, he fought Taker. So, yeah, WrestleMania 30 was his first WrestleMania. He debuted, I think, the SummerSlam before that. So, it was 2013, and someone just messaged me. Whoops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think he debuted against Kane at, at yeah, that SummerSlam. it was an infernal match of Jace. Yeah, that was pretty dope. Yeah. I hated it. Because <laughs> if you're going to give me the Infernal match, give me an Infernal match. Don't give me a Ring of Fire match. I want to see somebody get burned. Well, remember the first Infernal match was kind of it was kind of weird. Remember his like hand got caught in the... Pool? I'd rather fucking see that. <laughs> I'd rather see that. If you're going to give me an Infernal match, give me an Infernal match. Yeah. That, you know, look at, looking back on that first Infernal match, it was actually fucking amazing that they pulled that off you know what I mean without burning the shit out of each other or hurting somebody around the ring come on Paul bring that shit back and talking about Paul Heyman Heyman bring this match back (laughs) but um I don't know why all the negativity like it's too I don't think it's negativity I think it's more uh being scared being like fuck you're gonna ruin the character and don't get me wrong i was actually one of those people i'm like man this is a little bit too soon but at the same time it's like we criticized wwe a a bunch of times when they don't capitalize on momentum and bray wyatt people he has so much momentum why not put the title on him now we we criticize wwe when they don't capitalize on moments right now that there's a moment here we're gonna criticize him because we think it's too soon we, come on. I, I, I think it's going to be a great look because I think he's going to win it. And I feel like this will be good for Seth because right now I feel like it's a little flat. With his title run has been a little flat. I think the chase is more intriguing, right? And I think it's going to be a great visual seeing fucking Bray Wyatt or The Fiend coming out with that universal title dragging it in one hand and then he's got the lantern in the other and I have a feeling it's going to be like a, a personalized belt kind of like what they did for Daniel Bryan and, and uh, Stone Cold um, man I'm, I'm excited for it if he doesn't win at Hell in a Cell then I'm going to be like okay guys you guys are right like <laughs> well yeah I mean I mean going into this I mean Bray has to win there's no reason for him not to win. I, I think my uh, when you mentioned Seth Rollins, um, see they kind of um, WWE kind of fixed their own mistakes after that incredible match that Rollins and Brock gave us at SummerSlam. They started patching the mistakes that they did with Rollins over the past couple of months because we we said it numerous of times. Yeah. Seth Rollins' Universal Title run, his first one, was very underwhelming. Besides the AJ match that we got him on the bank, which was a phenomenal match, no pun, um, it, it was an underwhelming run. You had him feuding with Baron Corbin that nobody gave a fuck about, and then you had the stupid mixed tag that, to be honest, nobody gave a shit about that match either. And then people were excited when Brock took the, the, the title away from uh, Seth, and then they gave us an incredible match at SummerSlam, and then after that, it's like, Instead of continuing the momentum of Seth, Seth won the, the fans back, if you will. Yeah. We get the Braun Strowman feud, and Braun, they fuck Braun Strowman, like, I don't know how many times already at this point. Yeah. And also, it's a feud that nobody gave a shit about. And whoever's writing Rollins' promos, like, what the fuck are you doing with this guy? He sounds so fucking corny every time he has a microphone at this point. Yeah, it's very cringe. Very cringe. I feel like the fiend is the perfect opponent for Seth because it's intriguing. It makes you want to watch. It makes you want to see how is Seth going to be able to beat this monster, you know? And you got to put the title on the fiend so Seth can 
figure out a way to, to you know, overcome this obstacle um, ahead of him. But you did mention Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin won the King of the Ring uh, yeah. this past week. How do you feel about Baron Corbin? Because I feel like right now he could be on our most improved list at the end of the year because he's been putting on some great fucking matches, man. I feel like he's getting in the in his zone, right? I'm going to touch on Baron Corbin a bit. Um, just to finish up on the whole Bray Wyatt thing, um, he's going to get a face reaction. They're okay. going to boost Seth at Hell in the Cell. Yeah, they are. So he's, he, they have to put the title on him. If you don't put the title on Bray Wyatt at Hell in the Cell... Like what WWE, what are you fucking doing? Paul, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. He he's your champ. And he needs to have a long run. If you, if AJ Styles could hold the world title for over a year, I don't see why Bray can't hold the universal title for over a year. I agree. Alright? You touched on Baron Corbin. I have no problems being I have no problem with Baron Corbin being King of the Ring. I think it went to the right guy. My only criticism is I don't think it should have been Chad Gable and Baron Corbin at the final. It should have been it should have been somebody else facing Baron Corbin in the final. I think for while Chad Gable's a great wrestler, I I don't like what they've been doing with his look. I think he lost um, he lost charisma when he cut his hair. I'm gonna be honest with you, because now he looks like a young boy. <laughs> I liked him better when he had the wrestling tights, not the fucking brief tights as he's having now when he had like the wrestling gear he looked like a badass he kind of reminded me of Kurt Angle right right he needs to go back to that I I don't I understand when he was tagging what the fuck just happened you are still on the best route Uh, I gotta give you congratulations for that bro (laughs) really dude Dude, I didn't even know that yeah (laughs) (laughs) you gotta congratulations anyways the best he, he looks like a young boy. I can't connect with a guy like that. Give me wrestling gear, like Kurt Angle wrestling gear type Chad Gable. Because he looks like a badass. I, he cut his hair, whatever. But you put him as like, I want to see like the aggression out of Chad Gable. Like wrestling machine Kurt Angle. But in, in I want to see Chad Gable challenge that. I, I can't connect with him now, even though he's a great wrestler. As for Baron Corbin... It didn't go to... He needed this. He needed this. Baron Corbin, the biggest critique with Baron Corbin, is not even towards Baron Corbin. It's been towards his booking. Because you've been booking him in positions where it's like, eh. To me, Baron Corbin, I think he's a great wrestler. He's a great talent. And my only other critique, and this ain't even towards Baron Corbin, is towards the King of the Ring. King of the Ring as a whole was lackluster. The, the eliminations that we got to the final... Was very questionable, very questionable. Yeah, I didn't like the triple threat uh, semifinal uh, whole concept. I didn't like that at all because I, I think a couple of other podcasts have touched on this. But like, if it was any other sport, you go to sudden death overtime, yep, or whatever the case yep. may be. The triple threat it just kind of bastardizes the tournament. It was the first time it was ever done, and it was it was whack. It was it was horrible. The, how we got to the final for King of the Ring was atrocious. I didn't like it. And you mentioned about uh, Baron Corbin being the most improved. I will say this: spoiler alert: when we do our Luchis at the end of the year, Baron Corbin's name will be on that breakout star list. He will be in that list. I I can totally agree with that, man. I mean, this guy. He's, he's in his zone, and uh, I feel like we're going to have a really great 2020 with Baron Corbin as one of the top players on whatever uh, roster he winds up on because we got a draft coming, right? Yeah, we got a draft coming. I think it's the second week of October, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we still uh, uncertain if NXT is going to be involved in the draft. Triple H says that it won't be. Um, but hopefully they stick to the draft. I don't want to see no more wild card bullshit. Yeah, it's so stupid. I definitely don't want to see that. I would love to see Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff go out there and actually draft the people. That'd be pretty cool. Well, they'll be breaking kayfabe if they do that. Yeah. But I mean, a little throwback. Right? I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I definitely wouldn't mind. Yeah, that'd it. be fun, man. But it'll be a two. It'll start, I believe, the 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 second um the second. Uh, Friday of October, if I'm not mistaken, which will be the second episode of 
SmackDown on Fox, and then it will continue that following Monday Night Raw. So uh, it should be an interesting draft. Um, I'm all for drafts. I'm I, I'm actually one of the guys that, that people are like, oh, we don't need a draft a draft extension. You have so much talent, not only in Raw and SmackDown, but even if you include NXT and NXT UK, there's so much fucking talent. I think I have no problem with divisions. I have no problem there being two world titles. If you're going to keep the the the, the brands different, yeah. if you keep them separate, I don't want to see no more wild card shit. If you keep them separate, I have no problem with two world titles. I have no problem with two women's titles. I have no problem with two tag titles if they keep them separate. You know what? I, I agree with you. If they keep it separate, you know what I would like to see this draft be like a final draft where. There's no more drafts, or maybe like there's a draft every five years or something, or like every three years. So it makes it more of a big deal. So these Raw guys actually feel like Raw guys, and SmackDown guys actually feel like SmackDown guys. So when they do a Survivor Series and they pit them against each other, it actually feels like a dream match, and it actually feels like something special. I know? feel like five years is extreme. Because you never know in five years you have injuries, you have people that are in, they're done with their contracts, especially now you have all these different companies. Maybe they want to go to AW or something. So I think five years is extreme. But the, the, how they've been doing drafts in the past, if you go back to like 2002, it's always been every year. Maybe if you push it to every two years, I would be cool with that. Yeah, there you go. Every if they push it for every two years, I'll be cool with that. I think that'll be something different. So I'll be fine with that. Um... We mentioned SmackDown going on Fox. We got the return of Brock Lesnar. And we're going to see him challenge Kofi Kingston as that first episode. Um, Bearded Brock. Yeah, man. Yeah, he looked badass. Uh, are we going to see the end of Kofi Mania on SmackDown? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Fox executives want the title on Brock Lesnar because it's a familiar face. Um, kind of feel bad for Kofi because he's had a great run with it. But he had a better run than fucking Seth. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's been, and you know what? And people can shit on me if you want. Like the year that Kofi's been having, it's been great. I think he's gonna make our top ten. Yeah, <clears throat> and it, it makes you wonder: had Ali never got injured, what would he be doing now? Like, would Ali be the WWE champion? Where would Kofi be on the card? But you know, everything happens for a reason. I truly believe that. And you, Kofi's had a great year, man. You know, another thing that makes me think about Kofi's run this past year is like, what if this would have happened in two thousand nine? This guy could have been in that Cena realm, that Orin realm yeah, for a while, yeah. for a while now, because he's been with the company for so long. So, yeah. um, you know, looking back at it now, you know, Orin did help, <laughs> held him down, but like, man, he would have been in that Cena. Um, back back then, two thousand nine. So you have Cena realm, the 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 CM Punks, the, the Ortons, the 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 Edges, the Jer. He would have been in that same realm. Yeah, he definitely would have. You know, but better late than never. That's what I'll I'll say about that. You know what I mean? At least we get it now. I, I just hope with Kofi, if he ends up losing the Brock, which I think that is the plan. I just hope that somewhere down the line. He he is a, a legit contender for for either world title somewhere down the line. Yeah, I would like them to to you know even if he doesn't win it again, to at least contend for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I I hope that we see a second run from him. And I know we're jumping the gun because the title hasn't come off him yet. Mm. But let's be honest here, people. Well, Brock Lesnar hasn't wrestled on on TV, in how long? It's been years. What since two thousand three? I think they did a they did a chart and they had like talent and like I remember I think Velveteen Dream was like nine years old last time Brock wrestled on a SmackDown or something. That makes me feel old, but Jesus Christ! I mean, it's been think about that two thousand three. We're in twenty nineteen. That's you know sixteen years. That's insane. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're we're old, especially tomorrow. I turn thirty two years old. Oh yeah, yeah. Happy yeah. birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. So we're we're definitely hitting that age, man. We're hitting that age. It was like, remember back in the day, we go like this, and be like, dude, that was like twelve years ago or ten years ago. I'm like, oh shit. Like, think about it. Like, like the ruthless aggression era feels so fresh. Like, it feels like it wasn't that long ago. It's true. But if hindsight, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. That was twelve, fifteen years ago. Yeah, I was looking 
for uh, Monday Night Raw to watch with my wife. Uh, wife, sorry, not my wife. Congratulations! Uh, I know. You played yourself. <laughs> we don't have. And I was lo- looking back to 1998, the Attitude Era, and I'm going through the years, and I'm like, holy shit, it was really that long ago. What the fuck? It was like. I'm like, what? This is insane, man. So, yeah. Especially in wrestling. And I remember uh, a couple episodes back, you were mentioning, like, you could remember so much stuff from the Attitude Era, but you can't remember some stuff that happened in the mid-2000s. Yeah, like 2008, 2009. It's all a blur to me, but I can remember Austin, you know, hitting Vince with the bedpan or Austin filling up the Corvette with cement or, you know, the DX Invasion or stuff like that, you know? So... It, I feel like I don't know what it is, but that that old school nostalgia, it, and it, it was written differently. I feel like it was written like episodic TV back then. Whereas in two thousands, like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, they were the big dog. You know, there was no WCW. They didn't have to really write episodic TV. It was kind of just like, oh, you're gonna watch anyway, guys. So here's an episode of Raw. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Um we've been critical on the booking and the writing for WWE for years now so I mean let's just hope that now that WWE has a, a legit competitor right maybe their writing will get better and you know look at the Bray Wyatt character uh, this is something that, that's gotten us excited um, even NXT going going to the USA network and now we have two companies same time slot two different networks going head to head that's excitement right there that is excitement. And that's not including all these other wrestling promotions. Hey, Impact Wrestling is going to Access TV now because Anthem purchased um, Access. Uh, you have MLW. They're about to have their first pay-per-view in November. Um, you have all these other companies that, that, that are doing things out there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's it's exciting. It's exciting to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, absolutely. 2020 is going to be one of the best years to be a wrestling fan in a long time since since the 90s since like 98 99 2000 so all right sam let me pick your brain because i have we haven't touched on this and i want to know what's your 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 thoughts and opinions on on what's been going on with the the four four horsewomen um the 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 bailey heel turn what they've done with that have they been capitalizing on that what they've been doing with sasha banks um becky and charlotte uh what's your thoughts um i feel like the Bailey heel turn is a little weird. I can kind of understand what they're going for, but it's a weird dynamic, and I don't think a lot of people are going to be able to catch on to it. So she is a heel now, essentially, because you know she, she turned on Becky Lynch or whatever, and she's playing it up like she's the role model, and she's thinking that she's in the in the the good. You know, she's trying to show people how to be loyal to their friends and things like that but to me it's such a stretch for a character it's not such a traditional heel turn that it's gonna fall flat people aren't gonna really get it you know what i mean it's it's a complex character to pull off and to be honest with you i love bailey her in-ring work i think is awesome you know but to be honest with you i don't think she could pull that character off i think she should be playing more of a traditional heel to be honest with you, it takes a very special person to pull off a, a weird kind of character like that. Like Daniel Bryan did it uh, with the, you know, with that fucking whole Planet Planet champion, champion and shit like that. I mean, he did a great job with it, but Bailey kind of falls flat in the promo work. She does. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it because they <laughs> WWE once again is a critique towards WWE because. You heard the reaction we got when Bailey turned on Becky. They didn't capitalize on it because there was nothing different with the character. There was no real legit explanation why she did it. The only way this could work, you have to remix the character, and they're not remixing it. They're giving us the same old shit with Bailey, except now she's a heel, quote unquote, a heel. You're just attaching her to Sasha Banks that she is getting legit heel heat, right? You're just attaching her with her, and it's like, but. As a character, why am I supposed to hate Bailey? You know what I'm saying? Because she does scumbag shit. No, the character needs to change. Yeah, it's it's weird to pull off. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm the role model. You guys should all be looking up to. 
And I know that that's corny and, and cheesy and it makes you want to boo because we did that with Kurt Angle back in the day, right? I mean, that's essentially what he was doing. But the only difference is guys like Kurt Angle and Daniel Bryan, when they play the heel turn, they could back it up on the mic. I'm right. sorry, Bailey can't. Yeah, it's true. Kurt played it great. He played it great. Even if at first he really didn't understand why we were booing him because he was an Olympic champion, he started to get it and he picked up on it and he used it on the mic. Whereas Bailey, like I said, I love her to death, love her, love her in-ring work, but man, it, it's it's a hard character to pull off, and if you're not strong on that microphone, man, it, it's not going to work, man. It's just not going to work. So. Yeah, um, I, you know, I, now we got Charlotte kind of in a tweener role now. Um, Shout-outs to Charlotte. I think it was like last week when she big-booted fucking Bailey with the chair when she was wearing heels. Jesus yeah. Christ. Shout-outs to her. She's fucking amazing. Um, and, and when it comes to Becky, I, I you know, I got to praise WWE because, you know, they saved Becky. You know, Becky was a, a, a character that people was kind of questioning a little bit towards the, the extreme rules uh, time when we went over there because they, they had her booked in feuds that nobody gave a shit about, you know, with the, with the Lacey Evans. And right. then we got the Natalia match, which was great. And then the second Sasha Banks came back, you know, people started ruling for Becky, like legit back on that Becky train so right. I gotta I gotta praise WWE for that you know they got a, a legit um counterpart where it helps Becky in this case cause people are booing Sasha and people are cheering Becky and that's all that's what we want right right exactly and um man I I feel weird about Becky lately I don't I don't know what, what are you what are you thinking about Becky's character, Mario. Because right now, uh, it's just—I don't know, man. It, it, it just hasn't really been clicking, to be to be honest with. You. I, I I don't I think we're not as the height that we got last year for Becky, but we're not in that down point where the point where we was questioning Becky because of her booking, like we did in midsummer. I yeah, think I agree with that. Yeah. we're at a better place with Becky now. Um, I think the match we got with Sasha Banks didn't help either competitor because, let's be honest, Sasha Botch, we already know what she what she is. And then we got Becky Lynch where, you know, if it's not Charlotte or Natalia, it's like we need a good counterpart. Yeah. And the match wasn't – the match was okay at best, but the brawl was better. So hopefully at Hell in a Cell, we could let these two go and give us something. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That brawl was definitely better than than the actual match. Did you get to catch the chronicle uh, of Sasha Banks after the pay-per-view? No. (laughs) Well, she addresses uh, some of the the rumors that were going around. And, you know, she pretty much says, you know, it was all false. That she didn't uh, kick and scream and cry after they lost the tag titles. That... She went out and actually watched the rest of the pay-per-view, especially when the main event came on. She uh, she walked out, from what I understand, uh, from what I recall watching it, she walked out and watched, watched the main event because it was the first female main event uh, at WrestleMania. Was know? this? Did they show her watching it, the, the main event? No, they didn't have any uh, footage. Ah, well, hey, here we go. Here we go. Let's be honest here. The WWE Chronicle, it's work shoot, all right? It's a work shoot show from WWE. If there's no if there's no videotape, then I'm gonna question that it didn't ha- that it, it, whether it happened or not. It's a work shoot thing. So you still believe she? Was- I'm not saying that it did happen, but I'm not <laughs> but I'm not saying it didn't happen either. Maybe somewhere in the middle. It could be somewhere in the middle. Maybe it's not extreme as like some of the dirt sheets have reported, but I'm not saying it didn't happen either. Sasha Banks is a fucking baby. Jesus. No, because you try to sugarcoat shit. Oh, did you watch the Chronicle yet? And I'm like, what? That's why I asked you. I asked you, cool. Hell, like, did they show any video footage of her watching? Like, no, no, they didn't show. And that goes back to the show. The show is a work. It's supposed to be a work shoot, right? right. Where sometimes the talent are in characters. Sasha Banks might be just saying this because she's it's like, listen, we're going to shoot down these rumors, you know, like, whatever. We're in a better place now. You know, you had your moment, whatever. Let's shoot down these rumors. <laughs> you Come had on. your moment. You had your moment. You had your little titty attack. So, let, let you know, let's, let's, let's use this to our advantage, right? I'm not saying it did happen, but I'm not saying it didn't happen either. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
after watching it, I kind of, I kind of understand it. She, she was dealing with a lot of uh, stress and, uh, you know, I, w- I would say mental health issues. You know, she wasn't happy with, uh, you know, she fell out of love with wrestling. She, she was feeling some type of way. Why do you say men- why, why do you say mental health issues? Like, is that something that she admitted, like, hey, I've been suffering from depression or I was yeah, like she was saying that she had fell out of love with wrestling and she kind of just needed to separate you know yeah but you fallen out of love with something that's not mental health I, I, f- I feel like it can be that, that that's a form of depression where if like say you really love basketball mm-hmm. and then and by the way I'm not saying that Sasha look, I'm not saying that Sasha Banks does not suffer from mental health I'm not saying that too but it, 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 if I'm gonna be honest here right this show is all about honesty and realism and we all have different opinions. Let's not act that a lot of people don't use the mental health card when they fucked up or if they done a certain thing. You know what I'm saying? And and this is not even a dig at Big Cass either because we legit know he is suffering from mental health. And, and even though I'm not the biggest Enzo and Cass fan, I do hold... Hell, I do hope that he gets that help and he, and he recovers himself. But the time that we live in now, let's not act that people don't try to throw them cards to try to, like, get sympathy or play the victim card or, or, or do something nowadays. I, I could agree with that. It, it is used a lot, a lot, you know. Um, but um, what I was saying is, like, let, let's just say, like, uh, I'm, a, I'm a basketball player. I, 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 I love basketball. And then next thing you know, like... Uh, you know, I'm playing it so much that I, I start to resent it or hate it. You know what I mean? I feel like that that could become damaging to your mental health. It could be depressing. You sit there and you go, man, I worked all my life to do this. And now I'm doing it and I fucking hate it. And I hate my my life. This is all that it consists of. So CM Punk had mental health too then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, definitely, and, and physical health, you know. Listen, if <laughs> I know I'm gonna get heat, and I don't give a fuck. Listen, I'm not saying Sasha Banks don't have mental health, but let's be honest here. If you if you're doing all this for for the Chronicle show, like, hey, I'm blah, blah, blah. I fell out of depressed from from you know I fell in depression. I didn't love wrestling anymore. You wouldn't be fucking out and and taking your vacations, posting ninety seven fucking different Instagram stories or pictures or whatever. Going to Japan, a fucking training. Going back over here in New York, which we are right now. Fucking going to Hog, an amazing Red School. You wouldn't be doing all this. I'm sorry. Not saying that she doesn't have mental health or had mental health at one point. But like, if you're gonna use that as a a card to, to get some type of sympathy at, out of me, and listen, I have to watch the Chronicle. You're gonna have to get out of here, by the way. Oh yeah, I see that. Congratulations, you played yourself. Um, I, no, I think you, I think you might retrieve it. I think you might retrieve it. I'm directing Sam where to go, and he might have did the job, but I think he might have might have yeah. saved it. I, mean, I think he might have saved it. There you go, you saved it. I, I got it, bro. All right. So, if you're doing all this. If you're posting 97 fucking tweets and Instagrams and this and that and doing all that, I'm going to question your mental health. I feel like she, you know, people... Yo, you love Sasha. No, I don't love her. I'm just You've saying. defended her countless of times on the show. No, well, this is what I'm going to I'm gonna say. A lot of the times you could be struggling from a, a mental health thing and try to find your happiness. And let me tell you something. If I was depressed and I had the kind of money that Sasha Banks had, I'd be posting them fucking them pictures too. You know what I'm saying? It, it's all all about like, I don't know. I didn't finish the Chronicle thing because it was late and I was tired. Or I was like half asleep when I was watching. That's why I said I don't recall seeing any footage of her watching that. Uh, probably, if it makes you feel better, I probably would have fell asleep too watching the Chronicle. Just saying, <laughs> yeah, man, it was late. But um, yeah, I feel like sometimes people try to find their their happy place. You know, my my happy place is the beach. It doesn't need to be any specific beach. I just like being near the water. So if I'm going through something, I might go, you know, close to a a, a body of water and just try to relax and try to calm myself down. Where as Sasha Banks, I mean, she's got all that money, and they're giving her the time off, and they probably paid her during that time off. Shit. Well, I mean, yeah, she was, of course she was getting paid. <laughs> yeah, you know. And and listen, I, I you know what? I, I'll make a note of it. I'm gonna try to watch the Chronicle because I, I definitely will like to check it out. 
you know, and maybe my opinion will change. But just based on what we know of Sasha Banks and some of uh, the criticism she gets and how she has a uh, sometimes known to maybe have a brat and an attitude backstage and her believing her own shit a little bit too much I you know those are all red flags to me so you know that, that's that's all I really got to say but uh, you know what I, I'll make a note of it and I'll try to watch it and maybe I'll maybe I will have a different opinion uh, on on from, what she went through from watching the chronicle and then uh, I, I was just listening to um, busted open radio before I picked you up Mario and I listen to Enzo talk I feel like a lot of times sometimes we we forget to separate the the person that plays the character from the character and um, I I kind of felt for her because it's tough being in that spotlight you know what I mean and if you're not being creatively satisfied with your bookings and stuff like that you could find yourself in a rut you can find yourself being upset and you know I don't condone fucking kicking and screaming and crying or anything like that and I'm not saying she did or didn't do it because I don't know but it's it's just it it makes you understand the person more you know what I mean and we just uh, recently got that interview from Dean Ambrose where he was saying pretty much the same sentiments that Sasha Banks was in in that in that chronicle yeah but Dean Ambrose and Sasha Banks are two different characters let's be honest here Sasha Banks and I've said it time and time again Sasha Banks she wasn't getting the exact same reaction she was getting fucking in NXT. When they booked her in the Charlotte Feud, that was the highlight of what they did with her in the main roster. The tag team title run, I agree. That should have lasted longer. They should have done more to it. What they're doing with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross now is what they should have been doing with Bailey and Sasha. Do you, do you think down the line we're going to get the double cross from Alexa Bliss on Nikki Cross? I think eventually. eventually. But right now it's working. It's working. And I think they're the best women's tag champions ever. Yeah. They are. You can say that. Yeah, they, 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 they've, been putting, they've been putting steam behind them. They've been, make, they've been working matches. The titles ain't forgettable. They are the best women's tag champs that we've ever had in the WWE. And I love saying that because I know it pisses people off. Because <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a lot of Sasha Banks fans and and there's nothing wrong with Sasha being a Sasha Banks fan. And I'm not trying to criticize Sasha Banks fans either. Let's be real here. Her main roster run, besides the stuff they've been doing with her now, because the stuff they've been doing with her now has been pretty good. Her promos have been a little bit questionable at points. But at least she's in the limelight. At least they have her shining. But prior to this, right, her tag team title run, which isn't her fault, was forgettable because they didn't do nothing with it. That's not on her. That's on the company, right? The stuff they did with as a singles, right? Yeah, she had a great feud with Charlotte. But guess what? After that, when they should have turned the heel during the, the the whole Bailey debacle, they didn't do it. They gave us a fucking shitty three-on-three match at fucking... And I wouldn't even say the match was shitty, but the, 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 the how we got there, it made no sense for Evolution, right? right. And Sasha Banks believes her own hype. She's... Good at best in the ring, not including her NXT stuff. Her NXT stuff was amazing, but in the main roster, it was good at best, not great. Yeah, I agree. The, like like you said, the NXT stuff was amazing, but the main roster stuff is. Listen, they don't sorry. call it. They don't call her Sasha Botch for nothing. All right. Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> you know, I, I would like to see her get to a point where she was at when she was in NXT where she Yeah, me too. Me too. Where she's pumping out great matches and things like that. So So I, I to to end on the Sasha Banks topic, um you know to to kind of put a, a bow on it if you will. <laughs> I'll go back on the network. I'll check out the Chronicle and maybe my opinion will change, but at the same time it's like while WWE management and the booking has some faults to that. I think Sasha Banks has some faults to that too. I think the the reason why she wasn't given certain opportunities at times might have been on her, the way she acted backstage or maybe underperforming in the ring. I could agree with that. Yeah, it all it all comes down to attitude sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we'll leave it like that. Um, and dude, we're about to be in Queens soon for this Evolve show and Shine. Are you excited for this? Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be 
Evolved. My, my, well, I, I, as a matter of fact, it's going to be my second Evolve show because we did an Evolve show, right? Yeah, we did the one in Philly before Progress. Right. So this is my second Evolve show and my first Shine show. So a little, little something new, and this is the first time I'm going to Laboom, right? This is the first time we've been to this... Well, not me, but us as a as a unit, as a unit, as a unit. Um, this is a. It's funny because every time I yeah, see no that, that you would have gotten a congratulations for that. But I will. I will, what I will tell you is I remember back in the day I used to come to Laboom to go clubbing and shit. And now in my thirties, right? <laughs> it just shows like I'm like now I'm coming to wrestling and I don't even want to think about partying like that. But um, yeah, that was back in that was back in the days where I used to be. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of why I wanted to drive today because I'm just like, yo, man, I don't want to wait around for a train. If we're going to grab a couple beers after this, I want to be able to just be out. You know what I mean? Get back to the house. Definitely, definitely. Um, Old man shit. Where's Leo at? You know Leo. Leo didn't even go to AAA, bro. That should tell you something. <laughs> the guy was talking about AAA for months. The second the show got announced, oh, we're going. We're going. Guess what, Leo? You get a congratulations because we didn't. We didn't. I ended up going. I enjoyed myself, but there was no Leo. So um, we love Leo, though. Um, shout outs to the old man, Leo. So let's let's get down to some uh, some house cleaning news. Next week, next Saturday, before New York, uh, Japan, New Japan, and New York, we should be in theory doing a show in studio, right? Yeah, that's that's the plan. We should go to the be studio. back in studio, right? Do the show, then from there we'll go to the New Japan show. Yeah. So that in theory, that's the plan. So we'll be back in studio for all those people that, that enjoy us on Facebook Live, and you know, obviously this will drop as a pod. Another new pod will come out next week, and we should be uh, back to uh, our regular scheduled program, right? Yeah, man. Sam, Sammy Suplex, do you have any plugs and? Uh, no, just follow me at Sammy Suplex. I'm everywhere. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I don't have uh, somebody to shout out this week. Um, so that's all I got to say, man. I, I'm excited for these uh, two shows. And until next time, go ahead. You can find me at Rated R since 87, but also make sure and follow us and like us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, like our posts, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy? Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, La Mescla app, LosRadio.com, Stitcher, and Spotify, wherever you get your podcast needs. And that's about it, guys. So, till next week, keep it rated R and stay too sweet.